Yeah, the president has said um, unmistakably that he wants schools to open. Uh, the science should not stand in the way of this. The schools can physically open for in-person education when the county that they're operating in has been off our monitoring list for 14 consecutive days. Public and private schools across San Diego County banned from holding in-person classes until the coronavirus begins to improve. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. The school closures apply to all counties on the state's monitoring list. That includes 32 of the state's 58 counties. The governor's announcement and what it means for families in San Diego is our top story for Friday, July 17th. We start with ABC 10 News reporter Jennifer De La Cruz, who's been talking with districts as they scramble to figure out what this means for their students. Governor Gavin Newsom shedding some light on what schools in San Diego County will look like in fall. We all prefer in-classroom instructions for all the obvious reasons. But he says schools can only reopen if they can do so safely. That means the county they're in must be off the state's monitoring list for 14 consecutive days. Schools that don't meet this requirement, they must begin the school year this fall through distance learning. That distance learning must give students access to devices and internet with daily live interaction between their teachers and their peers. For schools that do reopen in person, masks must be worn and both students and teachers will practice social distancing. He emphasized a need for temperature checks, contact tracing and increased sanitation. Newsom also set criteria for when in-person learning would have to shut down. Under that criteria, a class goes home when there is a confirmed case. A school closes when multiple classes have cases or when more than 5% of the school tests positive. A whole district closes if 25% of schools close within 14 days. Newsom says his plan stems from the best interests of more than just students. For our principals, for our teachers, for our janitors, for our bus drivers and others, I am entrusted to be accountable and responsible to their health uh, as well. The County Office of Education says they are reviewing the new guidance and will work with local districts to implement those new rules. Jennifer Dela Cruz, ABC 10 News. Education experts say going virtual this fall will have an impact on how much students learn. ABC 10 News anchor Derek Stahl spoke with three experts about which students may be hit the hardest and what parents can do. From kindergartners to high school students, kids in San Diego County will be getting lessons virtually this fall. Charlotte keeps on like giving and giving like her love. And experts say some age groups will struggle more than others. Early grade elementary family environments right now, they're probably the most challenged and in need of the most amount of help. That those kids require um, a lot more uh, focus and attention from an, a, a live person, whether it be a teacher or a parent. Their, their independence isn't really developed. Their motivation to learn isn't necessarily there. And certain academic subjects don't transfer well to a virtual environment because of how they're taught, particularly math lessons to young kids, says Dr. Allison Wishard Guerra at UC San Diego. The small groups, the peers working together, they have manipulatives, they're working with their hands to try to solve problems. 
Um, and that is the primary way by which teachers are teaching math. And when we go to virtual, it's really very difficult to do that same type of instruction. There are already studies showing kids forget things in the summer, and the Brookings Institution predicts the pandemic shutdowns could put students even farther behind, up to nearly a full grade level. Where it goes from there is anybody's guess. How long will this last? How long will, be, will we be able to get our children back in classrooms where they have some of that that's available through their teachers who have a level of expertise that parents don't have? Yes, you might see some regression. Yes, you might see some learning loss. Uh, yes, your child may lose motivation to go to school. All these things are happening, but they're temporary. Our experts said there are simple things parents can do to boost kids' education. Having rich conversations with children is one of the best ways to build vocabulary, for example. It's um, children who have complex storytelling skills early on actually have more advanced reading skills later. They also suggest talking to your teacher about at-home learning strategies. You may want to get a tutor or other outside help. And maybe most of all, change your academic expectations for this year. It's going to be a strange one for everyone. Derek Stahl, ABC 10 News. The reality of facing more class at home is unsettling news for parents across the state after the governor's announcement. As part of our commitment to help San Diego rebound, ABC 10 News reporter Cassie Carlisle is giving us strategies on managing the pressure. I'm overwhelmed right now. It's been a hard four months for parents, and now more uncertainty clouds the upcoming school year. Tansy Campbell has a nine-year-old and a five-year-old with special needs. I'm worried about him going, but I'm worried about him staying as well. So it's like a double-edged sword. Weighing losing out on social interaction with the threat of coronavirus. Parents juggling multiple responsibilities at once, leading to exhaustion with the possibility it could continue this fall. All of us need to take a step back and realize this is an imperfect situation and that mistakes will be made and that's okay. Licensed psychologist Dr. Michelle Carcel says it's important to create a routine to set barriers with the kids. And also putting signs in different places to try to identify where there's play area time and where there's school time. So that way you're making a division between work and play. Divvy up childcare if you can with your partner or family members. She says you can take control of the decisions being made by writing to your representatives. If you're not helpless, you're not alone. Make sure that you advocate for you and your family. And don't forget to take care of yourself. Reminding parents they are so important in their child's lives. I would just like to tell all the mamas and daddies to stay strong if you're at home with your kids. It's a lot. A lot to handle, but a labor of love. Casa Carlisle, ABC 10 News. And we're joined right now by Team 10 investigator Adam Rakusin. And Adam, you've been covering the angle of this story that has to do with parents who might now have to stay home because their kids are going to have to stay home to distance learn this fall. How can parents protect their jobs? Is there any way legal recourse they have if they're unable to go back to work because their kids can't go to school? So they want to, you know, people that we spoke with want to make it pretty clear that there's kind of two angles to this. If you're allowed to work from home, then this really doesn't impact you all that much because your employer is giving you the option to work from home. But for those parents who actually have to go into the job site, it's a little bit more complicated. So under federal law, when this all started with the coronavirus, the lawmakers gave those who qualified the right to job protective leave for up to 12 weeks with partial wage replacement. 
the struggle in there was some worked for large companies and didn't qualify for that job protection. Others worked for small companies who were able to get waivers around that job protection with that. So it got a little weird in there. So for those who were able to do that, yes, they were able to get these 12 weeks of job protection a little bit a little bit of money that was in there, but a lot of people weren't able to do that. And if you remember, schools went out at the beginning of March, beginning, middle of March at this point. So anyone who was able to take that leave to begin with probably burned through it before the school year ended, not thinking that we were still going to be in this in fall. So are there any new possible bills in the works federally or in California that could address what's happening moving forward? So on the federal side, they're moving a little bit slower. But yes, in California, there's a couple bills that are making their way through the legislature. The problem is just legislation takes time. Now, one of these bills would provide some job-protected emergency family and medical leave uh, care for a child, parent, or spouse whose school or care facility has been closed due to that state of emergency. The other is going to provide some sort of financial assistance, allowing all parents, regardless of your employer's size, to use that existing paid family leave program if your child's school was closed. So the difference between the state plans is and the federal level when they approved that in the beginning, the bill contained everything. You get your time off and you get your pay. On the state level, there's almost competing bills coming at this. So maybe they pass one where you get time off, but they don't pass the one where you get pay. So it gets really confusing with parents and there's no time limits on this. So they're still working out time limits, but the governor said today, if school can essentially be in flux and one day you're in school and one day you're not in school, it creates a whole nother set of headaches for lawmakers who are trying to do these types of bills. Sounds like no simple solutions at this point. Uh, but Adam, appreciate your time. Team 10 investigator Adam Rakusin. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Our rolling average of positive COVID-19 cases ticks slightly upwards. It's been hovering around 6% for the past week and a half, but that's well above what it was one month ago. The average is measured using the percent of tests that have come back positive over the past 14 days. Today, the county reported a record 634 new cases, bringing our total to date to 22,489. The county also reported seven more deaths, bringing that total to 472. Some new studies are looking at what works and what doesn't work to treat the coronavirus. British scientists published their research today on a cheap steroid called dexamethasone. They say it's the only drug shown to improve survival in patients that need help breathing. It reduces the risk of death by 36%. The steroid does not help people who are less ill, though. Two other studies show that the malaria drug hydroxychloroquine does not help people with only mild symptoms. Back to our top story now. Governor Gavin Newsom explaining the criteria for reopening schools in person and the plan for more distance learning in areas like San Diego that are not expected to meet those thresholds by next month. Newsom laid out the state's five-point plan. We are now putting forth guidelines that say schools can physically open for in-person education when the county that they're operating in has been off our monitoring list for 14 consecutive days. If you are not on that monitoring list, you can move forward as a county uh, if you choose to physically open uh, your campus, physically open uh, your schools. However, schools that don't meet this requirement, they must begin the school year this fall through distance learning. Number two, uh, we're putting forth a new mask requirement in the state. All school staff and students, all staff 
and students in third grade and above must wear masks. Students in the second grade or below, we strongly encourage uh, wearing masks and face shields. I have a very young uh, son, uh, Dutch, um, and caregivers, when he first see, saw masks, uh, he naturally recoiled. Uh, a lot of caregivers now have face shields, and he can see their expressions, their humanity, and that's why we put specifically guidance out as it relates to not just masks, but face shields as well. Our third frame of guidance that we're putting forth today is around physical distancing, and as I mentioned, other adaptations. So on the physical distancing side, uh, we believe that it's incumbent upon staff to maintain at least a six-foot distance between each other and a six-foot distance between themselves and the students. Uh, we believe that school days should start with symptom checks, meaning temperature checks. Uh, we have robust expectations around hand washing stations, uh, sanitation, deep sanitation, deep disinfection uh, efforts, uh, and that these schools have, along the lines of the adaptations, uh, have quarantine protocols. And we'll talk a little bit more in a moment about these continuity and attendance plans that each school site is now responsibly, uh, responsible for putting forth. Uh, as it relates to the issue of testing, uh, there's a requirement uh, that we test on a rotating basis a cohort of staff uh, on a consistent basis. And in turn, we are bringing uh, to the school system uh, the benefit and support of the 10 plus thousand contact tracers uh, that we have trained here in the state of California in partnership uh, with uh, UCSF and UCLA uh, with a backbone uh, and a database that now has organized uh, a collective. We want to turn our contact tracing uh, where we think it became very effective uh, in these school um, uh, environments could be very effective uh, in mitigating the spread and trying to understand uh, exactly uh, where and how the spread uh, had advanced and allow us obviously to isolate and quarantine uh, cohorts of not only children but staff uh, as it relates to mitigating that spread further. As it relates to distance learning, as I said, rigorous. Access to devices is one thing in connectivity, it's foundational. Uh, we want daily live interaction with teachers and other students. Students connecting peer-to-peer -peer with other students, teachers connecting daily in an interactive frame uh, to advance our distance learning efforts. Remember, we had a lot of uh, experience that came through uh, the spring this year. Uh, we reviewed a lot of the fits and starts related to quality, access issues, uh, points of consideration and concern, shared a lot of those best practices. Uh, no one is going to deny uh, that based upon uh, the early orders to start to close schools at the local level, uh, that uh, some of it uh, worked more effectively in certain parts of the state than others. Clearly, we have work to do to make sure that we are doing rigorous distance learning, but I'm not naive. And again, we stipulate that staff, that teachers, that parents prefer the socio-emotional learning of in-class education. We're also seeing some good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. Keeping our distance from others to prevent the spread of coronavirus may be preventing us from getting sick from other things. While COVID cases are up, other communicable diseases are way down in the first half of this year. That includes infections linked to insects such as dengue, Zika, and West Nile. 
San Diego still faces a long road to recovery even after the pandemic subsides. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans rebound from the turmoil created by the coronavirus. Getting back on our feet, finding jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.